So, um, you know, I love a book, love a film, don't we? Don't we? Love a kind of box set. Um, anyone here watch Marriage yet on BBC iPlayer? No, you've watched it yet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, don't. That would be my advice. Don't watch it. It's nothing to do with my talk. It, I just, uh, I couldn't quite, some of it was good, but um, anyway, anyway. But it, when, you, when you watch a film or you kind of read a novel or something like that, or the Gruffalo that they're reading uh, at our, our sort of level, really, uh, this morning, um, there's kind of moments in the story when the writer or the producer or director is, is trying to get the audience's attention. Do, do you know what I mean? So, so some writers are like really subtle and like, you know, uh, yeah, and you, you feel like you are Sherlock Holmes. You're trying to work out what's going on and is that an important part or, you know, what, how does that all kind of fit together? Some, some writers of things are just like really obvious, make it really, really clear, like the new rings of power, which don't get me started on that. You know, it's, it's just so badly done. But anyway, but, but you know, it, things become so kind of obvious that you, you know what's happening and some writers like to kind of hide things and you have to like join the dots. Do you know what I mean? You're kind of like trying to work it out as you go along and, and you feel very satisfied when you've worked out you know, who the murderer was or what have you, that kind of thing. Well, Matthew's Gospel, uh, which is, this is taken from, is a little bit like that. So he's, he's kind of writing, you know, he's writing his Gospel away. He's busy. He's got a lot to write. He used to be a tax collector and now he's writing a bestseller. So, you know, still thinking about, anyway. Uh, so he's, you know, he's writing away, he's writing away, writing away. And, um, and then just before this little bit, which we haven't got on the screen, um, he writes, oh, we certainly haven't got it now. He writes in, uh, uh, no, you're right to do that, Catherine, you're right to do that. He writes in a completely different way, a completely different way, okay? So, so he's got this own style of writing, yeah? So he's kind of, just got his own style. He's walking along, he's got his own style. He likes his purple jumpers, he's got his own style. And then suddenly, the bit before completely changes. It's a completely different way of writing. And it's like, when you're reading it, because I know you all got up and read the whole of Matthew's Gospel this morning, when you're reading it, you're thinking, Matthew, what you, that sounds a bit like John. You've, you've nicked a little bit of John there, haven't you, from the Gospel of John? And Matthew would say, I have, to be honest with you, because I just, I just, the bit that's coming up, I want to keep people awake. You know, in some churches, people um, fall asleep. And, uh, and, and you, know, you know what they do? They, you know the little bells? Remember that in the old, the old days? They'd have a bell and communion would happen. You know why they did it? Literally to wake you up. It wasn't, it wasn't some significant... It was, like, it was just to keep everybody awake every, every few minutes. So that's kind of why they did it. So that's what Matthew's doing as he's writing his gospel, okay? He's, he's waking everybody up because he's kind of suddenly thinking, if you're just getting a bit like you've got to chapter 11, because I know you... Oh, I know you know it. Uh, and you're thinking, this is dragging on a little bit. It just brings something new and something fresh to it just before this passage. And so he wants you to kind of... Uh, to wake up and to get it. So if you could, that, thank you, Catherine, bring on there. And so what Matthew is trying to do, which is fantastic, is he's wanting us to get to the point. He's wanting to get to the point. So he's like going along, going along, and he's kind of shaping the story. And then suddenly he's like, right, this is, I've got it. How am I going to grab their attention? I'll tell you what, I'll nick a little bit from John, because Jesus speaks a bit differently in John, and I'll put it in there. Ask, ask John, that's John himself. That is not, he's called John, so he studies theologies, doesn't he? So he nicks a little bit there, chucks it in, doesn't he, John? And then he makes this wonderful, wonderful point about coming to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. But that's just not what's the amazing point about it is, is it, Dave? No, the other amazing point about it is this, is that if you notice, because this morning you read all of Matthew's Gospel, I know, and some of you read all of Luke's, uh, as, as you were re, re, reading it, you'd have noticed that 
sometimes Jesus says something to individuals that don't really, doesn't really apply to us. Okay, so for example, to one person who was very rich, Jesus said, sell everything you have and come follow me, and then you have treasure in heaven. So he said that to this, one, this very rich young man, Jeff or Bill Gates or somebody like that. So he said that, but now that doesn't apply to us. So Jesus doesn't say that to all of us, because um, quite frankly, we haven't got much to sell. But, but he, that was just to him. Or somebody else, Jesus said, um, let the dead bury their own dead. Now, now, he didn't say that to us. He said it to that person in that context. So there's some things that Jesus says that are just really specific to that person. Like you and I have conversations. If what I say to Dave, I said to, um, you know, to John, it would sound a bit odd because it's just specific to Dave. I wouldn't say to John, John, can you sing a bit louder, please? I can't quite hear you. Um, but it would be fair enough to say to Dave, sing, you know, we always want Dave to sing now. He's got a beautiful voice. Do you see what I mean? So it's specific to, to, to individuals. But here's the amazing thing about this passage, if, we, if you can remember it, is this. Jesus, and the way Matthew writes it is this, he suddenly says some of this stuff is just specific to individuals or to groups at the time, like when he says to the 12, take no staff with you, or it's a dream, isn't it, or take, you know, take no wallet with you, all that sort of stuff. But here he, he, he kind of steps back and Jesus says these wonderful words, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And suddenly Matthew's not just changed the way he's written, but he's changing the message. He's saying, this is a message, not just to individuals, as it were, in your context, but to everybody. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to everybody. And he kind of changes the pace. He changes the emphasis. And it's a wonderful thing. It's not just individually kind of context conversation. He steps back and gives us an invitation to everyone. And Jesus doesn't say, you know, come to me if you've got your life sorted out. And if everything's in order. He doesn't say come to me only if you're heterosexual. He doesn't say come to me only if you've got, um, you know, you go to church twice a day, you know, or once a day or whatever. Don't come to me only if you read the gospel. Jesus just says, come to me. And the only qualification of coming to Jesus is that you're a little bit stressed out. If you're not stressed out, you're fine. But if you're a little bit stressed out, you're a little bit anxious, you find life a little tough, Jesus then says, yeah, you can come to me. And, and um, you know, you all look amazingly wonderful and like you've got everything in control but if you're like me you're probably a little bit stressed at times aren't you has anyone looked at your gas bill or are you just avoiding it you know that is scary isn't it it is it's absolutely scary when you just think gosh these times that we're living in are, are stressful and unknown times we get a new prime minister tomorrow so everything will be sorted so um uh, so there you go um but do you see so jesus is saying the only qualification the only reason the only people he wants are people who feel heavy burdened people who feel a bit stressed and anxious with life. It's an invitation to everybody, not for those who have got everything sorted and live some kind of moral, perfect life. It's an invitation to everyone, and it's unique in that sense. It's, stand, it's like a kind of flashing lights in the Matthew's Gospel. He's saying, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Now, in those days, some of the, the, the burdens that people were carrying were partly religious, some of the religious pressures that they felt they were under. Some of it was empire, was the government that they were under at the time. It's quite heavy-handed government, um, taxing people and, and, and just, just taking away people's freedoms and so on. And so it's all within that context of the Roman Empire and perhaps some of the religion that they found tough in those times that actually now Jesus is saying, if those things have burdened you, if life has burdened you, and you don't have a restful soul, well, come to me. 
In our service in a little bit, we're going to do exactly that. And we, one of the ways in which we come to Jesus here at Top Church and throughout history is just through the bread and the wine, through communion service. And I want to encourage all of you this morning that if you're feeling just a little bit anxious, a bit burdened, a bit worried, a bit out of sorts, you know, like we all do at times, as you come for communion, just take that opportunity, as it were, to come to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I just, you know, I give you my, my heavy burdens, my yoke, my stress, my anxieties, my worries. And I want to take on your, your kind of easy and beautiful way of living. And Jesus says this, as we do that, as we come to him, this worldwide invitation, as we lay our burdens down, what we discover about Jesus is something wonderful. We, do, we go closer and closer to his heart and we learn that Jesus is he's gentle and humble in heart. Isn't that amazing? incredible you know sometimes the closer we get to people and systems we don't always find them gentle and humble we find them more more aggressive or dogmatic or or bolshy or what have you like you know our own hearts really but the thing about Jesus is is that when we come to his heart we find well it really is gentle it really is humble and then that kind of heart gets instilled within us. And the way we live out our lives is we try to emulate that towards one another. We try and emulate that towards ourselves, to our kids and to grandparents or what have you. That actually we try and be those gentle and humble people. It's not always easy. We're not naturally wired for that. We're kind of wired for taking on the world, as it were, and being a bit bolshy and, and being defensive. But something about Jesus, when we come to him, lay down our burdens, we give up fighting, we realize that that gentleness and that humility is in the heart of Jesus. And that's what then we resonate to others. And that's the fruit of the Spirit, as it were, that Jesus gives to us this morning, is that gentleness and humbleness in heart. And then Jesus promises that you will find rest for your souls. It's the word Sabbath. You will find Sabbath for your souls. Isn't that a beautiful thought? That actually our souls are at rest. You know, we might have all these kind of things around us that don't feel restful, but our souls in that moment, they can be at rest. So as we share communion together, why don't we come to Jesus and find rest for our souls? Let me just pray for us. And then um, we have a little bit of time of prayer together. Loving God, we just thank you for this wonderful passage that Matthew wrote for us that all-inclusive invitation to come to you. And we pray today we just do that simple thing of coming to you and finding rest for our souls. In Jesus' name, amen.